0: Hello, welcome to NBA Unwrap, where we unwrap the hottest takes around the NBA. I'm Perry Aston, joined by today Christian McGowan. Usually I got Corbin here with me, but he's in Amsterdam traveling, so lucky him. He just graduated USC the last few days. Wanted to give a quick congratulations to him and to Christian, who graduated from SLU this last week as well. So shout out to you guys and anybody else that may have graduated around the country this past week. Thank you, uh, of course, but yeah. Before we get going on this podcast, we're going to talk a lot of playoffs. Uh, we're going to jump in and talk about some head coach firings and hirings that have already happened. I want to remind you guys to listen to our podcast on the Apple Podcast app. If you're on there, please give us a five star rating and a review if you'd like. We love hearing that uh, feedback from you guys; it's very appreciated. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud. Uh, Give us a follow on Twitter at NBA Unwrapped. You can follow me on Twitter at Perry Aston, and you can also follow Christian on Twitter at McGowan75. So yeah, let's just jump right into it today. Let's start with some coaching, hirings, and firings that have happened. We'll start with the Memphis situation for the Grizzlies. They fired David Fisdale halfway through the year. J.B. Bickerstaff became their interim head coach. They've loved the job that he did. They agreed on a three-year deal with him to keep him around. He's already hiring other coaches to fill in needs for his assistant coaching staff. Uh, so, yeah, he's there for the future. And speaking of David Fisdale, the guy who got pushed out of Memphis, one of my favorite coaches around the league, actually, besides Brad Stevens. Uh, but Fisdale's a player's coach. I love how he coaches. Uh, but he's agreed to a deal to become the New York Knicks head coach. Um, this comes after he turned down the Phoenix Suns job, which was a big risk because he wasn't guaranteed this New York job. And I know the Suns' position to him was the safe spot. He actually turned it down because of the job that he really wanted in New York, went full for it, and got it. So congratulations to Coach Fitzdale, who I think is going to be an ex- a great, great fit over there in New York. And I think he's going to find a way to build this team around Chris Tapp, Uh, Christian, you've heard of David Fitzdale, right? Because that's a name that should be a household name at this point.
1: Yeah, he was done over a little wrong by the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, it seems that players, coaches, player coaches in the NBA have been kind of getting the wrong end of the stick lately in terms of their job security. So it was a confusing move by me for Memphis to let him go and to also hire that guy with the funny last name for a multi-year yeah, deal. Stuff, yeah. Because the Memphis didn't do anything to me that was exciting in any
0: form No, or yeah. So- the, the thing was he he kind of just supervised their tanking. It's kind of how it went because clearly when they got rid of Fisdale, they already weren't in a position to compete. And it, this was all that drama with Marcus Saul that apparently has been happening for a couple years now. Finally got to a point where Fisdale got, you know, the short end of the stick and got pushed out. Like you said with player coaches, like look at Ty Lu, for example. I know that the Cavaliers are doing well right now. We're talking about a team that's in their conference final but you know, he at some point LeBron James is yelling at him sometimes and stuff like that. So imagine one thing goes wrong, who are they going to fire? LeBron James or Ty Lue? The first person that's going to be looked as an out is going to be Ty Lue, and I think yeah, it's, they did to Dave Blatt. Same thing for David Blatt. I think it's the same thing for Fisdale. and it wasn't the same situation because it wasn't if you're not winning, you're out of here. Because it's not like the Grizzlies were winning this year, regardless. Even though they have been in the playoffs the last few years, so that definitely was part of it. But it's not like they've been bolstering a great roster year you know this this last year they haven't no. been killing it's not like they're the oklahoma city Thunder, and they should have done more but they exactly didn't. and it wasn't like they've been killing the draft so they haven't been giving the you know coaches there a lot of young guys to build this team around and no, of that's course, not his fault that'd be more the general manager yeah, of course, and of course with conley he had that that injury that he ended up getting surgery for i'm pretty sure he ended up getting surgery because of how bad they were doing uh, they kind of just decided to tank out, and they ended up being, I believe, it was the worst team in the West, if not the second worst team in the West. But yeah, JB Bickerstaff wasn't tasked to do a lot. It was mainly just coach the rest of the, the coach the rest of the year. They must have liked what he like the response that the players had from him, and at least the vision that they have for the future. So JB Bickerstaff getting locked in there, good for him. It's just like you said, it wasn't, it's not a sexy signing kind of thing, but. They you know, stayed within their organization, and they're happy with the job that he did. But David Fisdale going to the Knicks is a high-profile signing, and it's something that I really like because Chris Porzingis, poor he's there. He can be a star in this league, a superstar. He, This is a team that, even with the coaching they had last year and the team that they had, they did better than people expected. And a lot of injuries that they had to deal with this last year. So it, with a healthy roster, a decent draft, and a new coach, I really like where the Knicks are heading.
1: And I can also I also think that Fitzdale can usher in a new level of stability that hasn't been there because probably Phil Jackson and and maybe even Carmelo Anthony to some degree have created some turmoil, you know, outside of just the X's and O's of basketball. And I think Fitzdale can really come in there and really Calm down a tumultuous situation from a GM and coach standpoint. Yeah, you
0: know, bring in a culture. It's New York, it's a big profile place, and when you... See, yeah, it's it's- the,
1: isn't it the most... I know it's ahead of the Lakers in terms of value, but isn't that one the most expensive sports franchise it, in all sports? If it's
0: not perfect. number one, it's you know top three. And the New York Knicks are in such a prime place to where free agents want to come and sign at places like Los Angeles, New York, Miami, Chicago. It's just, of course, depending on who the coach is there, but when you, you have the city on your side, when you have a city like that that you can just pitch where you're at, and players will fall in love with that, and then you sprinkle on top the fact that you brought in a new coach, a new culture, a guy that's got a plan for the future, you got young guys, you got a you know a core that you believe in, and you're gonna to continue to draft on top of it. It seems like a situation where I believe that if they can figure out something with their cap, they can go out and sign these guys, or at least you know, Bring in new kind of guys that will fit into Fisdale's culture, and now all of a sudden, Kristaps Porzingis and these guys like Hardaway and the young guys they got there will start believing more, and they'll start having more veteran presence there. And it's—I feel like it'll start becoming brighter days in New York, and it's really not too hard because of how bad things have been there. So
1: you yeah, know, only, you can only go up from
0: where they're at. Exactly, and you know, David. Fitt, uh, sorry, Derek Fisher, some, one of my favorite players as a Laker fan. You know, with everything that he did for the. For them, it's not like he was that great of a coach. So no. moving on from from that, you know, kind of standpoint, Hornacek and stuff like that, they're going to be able to find, you know, new times in New York. Hopefully, bring in a new culture. Let's move on to the next head coach signing. Spurs assistant coach James Borrego has finalized a deal to become the Hornets head coach. Um, so congratulations to him. That is a four-year deal, I believe. So I know the Hornets were zeroing on him for a while. They were able to pull him from San, um, from the Spurs organization. And speaking on the Spurs organization, they had a ton of people going out and um, interviewing. Monty Williams in their front office went out as well. Another one, the Milwaukee Bucks planned to interview San Antonio Spurs assistant Becky Hammond for the head coaching job. And that would be the first NBA female Uh, Head coach, and she was the first NBA female assistant coach, uh, of course, for the Spurs, and now she would be the first head coach if she were to get it. So that's just awesome times for the NBA in 2018, and honestly, it's just it's so weird that it hasn't happened already. Um, You know, with so many great WNBA players, that there hasn't been one that you know. There's players that are better coaches than players. And that's yeah, most,
1: of them, most of them are. Exactly.
0: And the thing is, you know, to have a basketball mind, it doesn't matter if you're a male or a female or anything. You know, to have a great basketball mind is to have a great basketball mind. Exactly. And
1: I think Paul Paul Gasol said it that um, I'm gonna be paraphrasing what he had said, but he had said that people need to just get over um, the fact that she's a woman because she's a hell of a coach. You wouldn't be an assistant, Spurs you wouldn't be an assistant for the Spurs if you weren't a hell of a coach. So for any team, you know, whatever the Bucks decide to do with her Whatever team wants a good head coach, you know, Palgasol Gasol has said that she's an amazing assistant coach and will make a great head coach, and a player like that gives, you know, the vote of approval, I you know, there's got to be
0: something to it. I actually saw Kobe Bryant quote Palgasol's Gasol's tweet, you know, with the clapping hands emoji agreeing to what Palgasol Gasol was saying, and I know Kobe also was tweeting stuff about uh, Lisa Leslie and other players on how the only... People that hate on the WNBA are guys that don't play basketball. You know, guys that play basketball appreciate the greatness all the way around kind of thing. And I know that there's so many male basketball coaches in women's sports, just most notably the UConn coach right now and stuff like that who's so successful there. It's just so crazy to see how it hasn't happened with females converting into the NBA and now with Becky Hammond who is such a great player and such a great basketball mind. Of course the Spurs who are such a progressive franchise and Popovich Is such a awesome guy. You know, it makes sense that they're the first people to go after Becky Hammond and sign the first female assistant coach. Now the fact that the Bucks and other teams are open to you know interviewing and there's no bias whatsoever, and it's just the next man or woman up for the job. It's I think it's awesome. And 2018 is a really cool time, especially in sports. So that would be really cool. I don't think anything's become of that yet. I don't know if she got the job. I don't believe that job has been filled yet either. But the fact that her name's kind of up in the air is really cool and she'll you know,
1: be a head coach whether it's the bucks yeah that just goes for any assistant on the spurs you know they're it's almost like alabama in the sense that you go there to be bred to be a head coach yeah
0: exactly exactly. no i totally agree and if it's not going to be the bucks it'll be somewhere else um let's move on to one more hiring uh or at least announcement of a new head coach the atlanta hawks announcing lloyd pierce as their head coach today um, that was announced on Friday. Mark J. Spears and we uh, we, we quoted it, but yeah, the Atlanta Hawks uh, picked Lloyd Pierce to be their head coach. Uh, but let's talk about just a couple of firings here that are a little surprising. Maybe one not so much as the other. But um, Stan Van Gun- Stan Van Gundy and the Pistons have parted ways. Um, that was um, surprising, but not so much just because the Pistons have really been right there in the middle of the pack. And, you know, when you're floating around in eight seed every year, you know, the the, East. Yeah, you need to look at the coach at that point because you're bringing in players. You brought in Blake Griffin. I know that they screwed up their, their cap and they missed out on Donovan Mitchell. And they missed out on so many of these of these damn draft picks that were right there for them. And they passed up on them and went with somebody else. And it's it seems like, because I've been seeing a bunch of memes about it, it seems like the Pistons have a bit of a curse um, for past draft picks. And, you know, going out and getting Blake Griffin, putting him there with Andre Drummond on paper, it makes sense. And I like the two-headed monster Twin Towers kind of thing that they're going for. But he's, you know, it's a lot of money there. And if you're going to go and it's, invest... If you're gonna, it's the
1: generic version of what's going on in, in with the Pelicans. So how, the Pelicans are making it work to the point
0: where they're going to be going to If you're going to go out and get a guy like Blake Griffin midway through the year when you're in playoff contention and you somehow don't make the playoffs, you have to look at the coach at that point.
1: Exactly. So didn't they trade away their first round pick along with that? I Clippers?
0: believe so, but I know that Tobias Harris was involved in the pick and Avery Bradley. You know, Avery Bradley and you know, yeah, Gat- I
1: think it was. I watched a game of zones on Bleacher Report, and they were making fun
0: of that. <laughs> and it's not uh, that trade because they gave up a lot. You know, you, you that's you invested into a winning now kind of you know, mindset. And even though the Pistons don't have the roster to compete in the playoffs, they're in the East and they could have at least been in the position like the Bucks. you know what I mean? Where you gave the depleted Celtics at that point a run for their money and took them almost to, and almost beat them. It could have been them, you know what I mean? And it just seemed like it's got to be the coach at this point. Stan Van Gundy, I think he's going to be a coach elsewhere, but if not, I think it'd be cool to have him broadcasting with his brother. Don't you think? I know Jeff Van Gundy's in the box right now. um,
1: If not, I wonder what Blake Griffin was talking about. I couldn't quite remember, but he... I mean, it's the same kind of thing with Fitzdale. They fired him, but all the players are like, I don't necessarily agree with that. They they really liked Van Gundy. So I think he's going to run the NBA coach carousel one more time before he goes to broadcasting. But when he does go to broadcasting... Interviews that I've seen from him, you know, with how lively he is. I yeah. think he'll do amazing in broadcasting from the sense that he has the background and the personality to be yeah, definitely interesting. I mean, if Stephen A. Smith yeah. can get paid,
0: yeah, um, no and then why with, not him? with his brother, that could be like a really cool segment, the Van Gundys or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> that would be really cool. But uh, ESPN, make it happen. So, one more firing that's a bit surprising. Not, I mean, not really in regards to the same kind of mindset, and you gotta, you gotta blame somebody. You got Dwayne Casey, the Raptors head coach. And this is a situation that the Raptors have been getting owned by LeBron and the Cavs in the playoffs in the past couple of years. So, you know, Dwayne Casey is a hell of a coach. And the funny thing is, Raptors head coach Dwayne Casey is the, was the 2018 recipient of the Michael H. Goldberg NBCA Coach of the Year Award. Um, the national bas- basketball coach announced that on the ninth, and then he went and got fired on the 11th. So God. it's just that's so unsafe.
1: No that's the ramifications a, of having LeBron James in the East when you're not cutting it like that. Everyone's job is on the
0: line. And it's it's a, it's such a cutthroat business. And you see it in times like this because it's nuts he won the he won that award and two days later he's jobless. So it's crazy to see that there is no such thing as job security when you got a guy like LeBron James that's able to run through your team like that, and the team just lays down in the playoffs against him, and they, they can't win at all. It's it's really weird to see, but yeah, clearly this is the same spot. Who are you going to do, blame DeRozan and blame Lowry and blame Ibaka? No, who are you going to do, Yeah, bl- yeah blame, blame Drake? Like, you got to blame the coach at this point, and just he becomes the short end of the stick again. And although he won that award, it doesn't matter because with the Raptors, they were in, they were in the mindset they were the number one team in the East. They, I, I put them in the finals with my predictions, and I've been saying this for months. I sat there and watched them get depl- just destroyed by LeBron James. Absolutely. It's Lebronto it's absolutely lebronto and i don't know if you guys saw our on twitter please take a look we said you know the internet always wins it was it said like welcome to lebronto and it had like four other uh memes about lebron and drake and toronto it's super funny we got a ton of love on that on twitter so go take a look if you haven't seen that already it's hilarious but yeah so that's that's about it for our head coaches our head coach carousel so far since our last podcast but Just crazy to see how the season's not even over yet, and there's already so many firings, so many hirings. It's in such a cutthroat business. Um, But yeah, speaking of the... I want to bring up a quick thing about the Raptors, since we were talking about LeBron and the Raptors, of course. LeBron James averaged 11.3 assists per game in the second round against Toronto, and that's the most he's ever averaged in a single playoff series in his entire career. 11.3 assists. He's playing like a point guard, like a floor general. You know what I mean? And... You look at these numbers, this is LeBron James against the Raptors backcourt. And the Raptors backcourt, Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, two all-stars, against LeBron James, one player. In the whole series, LeBron, 123 points, and the backcourt, 136. Field goals, uh, they each had 52 made field goals. LeBron had 52, and the two of them together had 52. Uh, LeBron's field goal percentage was better. He was out of 96 shots compared to 105 for them. Um, LeBron had 31 rebounds, the two of them combined had 30 rebounds. LeBron had 41 assists, the two of them combined had 42. The numbers were practically identical. Like you're looking at a, a player comparison here, and you're looking at one player versus their two best players on their entire roster combined. That is baffling to me. First off, I'm not sure if I'm more impressed with LeBron James and the numbers that he put up on the left, or if I'm least impressed with the numbers that the two of them put together on the right. You know it's I mean? a
1: mixture It's a mixture. Of both they <clears throat> underperformed, and LeBron James, being the best player to ever play, did what he did and willed his team to victory. So they underperformed as the Raptors, and the and LeBron James overperformed.
0: Another thing. Le- Another thing LeBron can add to his belt, you know, in that he passed Scottie Pippen for the most steals in playoff history as well.
1: He's gonna break every stat, every he's he's the best player to ever play yeah Yeah, i was gonna gonna ask you i I was gonna ask ask you right there is he the the best uh, i'm sorry i keep jumping on you but someone had said that don't you feel bad for the people that can still watch lebron james do what he does and still hate on him like okay i was 10 years old at one point hating on lebron because i loved kobe but now i'm 22 and i've seen him do this for over a decade and i'm like all right man he's the goat let's let's there's no more
0: debate. And that's Whatever. that's all I was Whatever. asking you. I was going to ask if you thought he was the best player of all time because I actually had this same debate with my uh, my uncle yesterday when we were watching the the game. And I brought it up myself. I said, there's not even a doubt in my mind at this point, that's the best player to ever play basketball. He has an awful team and an awful coach right now, and he's still making all this happen. But we're watching history. This is his 15th year, and he's putting up career numbers. He's getting better and better and better, and it seems like he's not slowing down. I know something that we can talk about really quick is the fact that he's never injured, and I'm going to knock on wood for any, you know, Cleveland fans really quick, and for all NBA fans for that matter, but... He doesn't get injured, and he's just an ox. And I don't remember the last time he's missed more than, I don't know, 10, 20 games in a row. Never any long patches of time. And he goes to the finals pretty much every year. If not, pretty much the conference finals. He's adding so many more games to every single season. And every year he comes back, and he's just as good from the bat all the way into the end. he's so conditioned and so amazing that we're all looking at it casually now and I think every once in a while you just take a second and stop and really look at it and say whoa you know what I mean this Kobe made the craziest shots I've ever seen and Kobe might have been one of the most if not the most clutch player of all time when you have to give the ball to someone for the last second shot of the fourth quarter like you said as as you know Laker fans we loved Kobe it was Kobe versus LeBron when we were kids but It's not like that anymore. You know, Kobe was great in his own right, amazing. And, you know, Michael Jordan is the best of all time, and that's what everyone is conditioned to think. But now everyone is questioning themselves because even guys, you know, grown men that were able to watch the Michael Jordan days and really process it correctly, they're still sitting here saying, whoa, you know what I mean? I don't know. If, there, if he was as good as this, and this is a different time now. this yeah, is Yeah, and the old, it's
1: always the old heads that want to say it was better back then. And if they're saying that, you know LeBron James is truly great when you can have the generation that never wants to give anything up admit that this young guy is just great, greater than the guy that they
0: loved. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I have to say he's the best player to ever play, and he's the most mesmerizing player You know, to ever watch because he just runs down the court and you see people get out of the way or he'll just man his way to the hoop and watching this playoff series alone against the Raptors and those game winners that he was hitting. There was two different game-winners. One was a three-point shot that looked very Kobe-esque or, you know, MJ because you don't think, oh, LeBron with the game-winning three, he's such a powerful player, but he's shown that he's got that outside shot down and he got it it when it mattered most. He went back there and just really... It was so impressive to see that shot because the second game winner, I, it was more expected. Ty Lue actually made his first good coaching decision of the entire year and didn't call a timeout to advance the ball to half court. He let LeBron take the ball up the whole length of the court to create space because if they were bunched up in a half court set, you know they would have been able to stop LeBron James or at least put him in a position where he didn't have a full head of steam. But look, Ty Lu decided to let him take the ball up the whole way. And so LeBron was sprinting down and whoever picked him up on defense, it didn't matter because it just took LeBron's massive body to bump one way or the other or one Euro step or anything like that. And just how fast and how big he was, he created space for himself, at least gave him a chance for a, uh, you know, a mid range shot. He made this like floating bank shot as f- when he falling out of bounds like, it looked like it was nothing. And he just, for the second time in that series, jumped up on top of whatever you'd call it there, the scoreboard or whatever, and just pounded his chest and, you know, looked at Cleveland. And it looked like a Greek, you know, a Greek god looking at it like the people below him kind of thing. And the whole city is reaching out mesmerized because... You know they're witnessing greatness. They're witnessing history, and uh, we just had to do a quick shout out for LeBron because you know as much as I keep debating if he's the best of all time, there's not even a question anymore.
1: He's the king. He's the he's the goat. <clears throat>
0: just
1: he, recognize yeah. it and enjoy the period of basketball that
0: we're living in. Just like you said, I feel bad for the people that still find a way to hate on LeBron James. No matter what fan you are, you got to sit here and kick your just feet, enjoy kick your feet up, and say, "Oh my, oh my God, what is going on?" You know what I mean? So yeah, I agree. Let's talk a little bit of NBA Finals, and we'll we'll talk about the current series going on right now. It's the conference finals. We got Houston and Golden State, the one and two seed in the West. In the East, we got the number two seed and the number four seed, Boston Celtics and Cleveland Cavaliers. Are you surprised by these four? Not at all. Not at all. This,
1: you could have drawn this up this time last. As soon as Kyrie Irving was traded to the Celtics, this is what. And that, and that you could have told me. I would have told you this is maybe not the seeding correctly, like what they would have finished at, but definitely the teams I would have had to correct.
0: Yeah, no. And the crazy thing is that Boston's doing this all without Kyrie Irving and doing it all without Gordon Hayward. They've done everything without Gordon Hayward. He hasn't even really been a part of this team. He got injured in that first game so quickly, so gruesomely. But Kyrie was such a vital part of this team, and then for this whole playoff run they've had to figure it out without him. And it's just such a testament to Brad Stevens, who I think is the best coach in the league. Um, Popovich is the best coach of all time, but right now we're witnessing a coach on the rise. He's in his 30s, I believe, still, and he's so young, and he's got championships ahead of him for sure. But to see what he's been able to do with this roster, and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, who we all have to remember is 19, I believe he just turned 20, playing like a seasoned veteran. In these playoffs, it's so crazy to see these players stepping up. Al Horford and even Morris. So these guys are playing so much bigger than themselves, and it's such a. And just like I know Corbin always says, and I with Jay Crowder and Isaiah Thomas and a lot of players that leave the Brad Stevens system have a tough time adjusting for a second because of how easy and fluent it is to play on your Brad Stevens and how he makes players better than they are. A lot like the Utah Jazz coach. But Brad Stevens does it on another level. I think he can seriously take a G League team into the conference finals. I'm not even kidding at this point because it doesn't matter who he has got on that team. And I'm not knocking the Boston Celtics at all right now because Rozier is playing out of his mind. And Tatum and Jalen Brown, all these guys... But this, you know, Brad Stevens is anchoring this whole thing, and I've have I haven't seen one play with Ty Lue. I will watch a Caval- a Cavaliers game and be so frustrated half the time, and I hate I'm so biased towards him because I don't like coaches that have no control over their teams, and f- seems like it's mainly just LeBron's coaches, but. It's. I'll. I'll question half of his calls. I'll say, "Oh my God, what are you doing?" You know what I mean. Advance the ball. Put him in. Why are you making these rotations? Well, you know, what's the point of it, these? It seems like
1: they win in spite of him. Yeah, and it's not almost like because you're...
0: of him. Yeah, some games he'll help, but some games it's like you're fighting against your coach. And but Brad Stevens, it feels like no matter what game that they're in, they're always in it because they have a mastermind coaching them. So that's a huge reason why they're still in this conference finals. And hold on, why they're up one to zero on the Cavaliers? They didn't just go up one to zero on the Cavs. They absolutely destroyed um, Cleveland in the last game. It was depleting. Not one Cavaliers player scored twenty points, including LeBron James this last game. So you know, one hundred and eight to eighty three. Such a depleting Game 1, and you know right now, Boston's coming out to a quick lead, and that's what they needed, because with LeBron James, you saw with Toronto, it doesn't matter how good your team is, you let LeBron come out early, you may never see a win. You, you, may, you may never come back from that. You get a, a quick lead on LeBron, he's fighting from behind. At least you got him with his back up against the wall, and you have a chance because you've gotten out to a quick lead. I think if LeBron's out to a quick lead and you're trying to chase LeBron, good luck.
1: I think this is just – I mean, Brad Stevens, he's a great coach, but specifically – getting players to play defense and to single out one guy and shut him down is what the, is what he's been showing to do at least in the last two series with Ben Simmons I definitely would think that would either him or Joel Embiid be, be the guy that I target as my you know let's circle this guy let's stop this guy but, and yeah. there's one game where Ben Simmons had one point wasn't there another game he only had
0: like four points I believe Ben Simmons was a plus it was plus 40 something maybe plus when 50 he something when he, no, when he was on the court it was one of the worst. Uh, in, it was negative
1: in... 68 on the court, plus 43 off the court.
0: Wow. It's just, it was it was baffling to see a guy who has been so dominant this whole year, and without Embiid, Simmons has still found a way to lead the Sixers into such an impressive win. He had no
1: answer for Brad Stevens, just like LeBron, who only yeah. had 15 points last game. Yeah,
0: exactly. And the thing is, they have to adjust not just to the players, but the coach. And that's so hard to do. Yes. That, I mean, I think LeBron will be able to... I think the Cavs will ultimately
1: win this series. I hope they don't. And if, if Brad Stevens can will them to a champ, uh, to a Eastern Conference championship this year, holy shit. They have a top pick and two All-Stars. And they just got to the East over the greatest player of all time. Like you said, I definitely think he has some championships in his future. And that's, it, and that's whatever the Golden State Warriors do. The... Jason Tatum is playing amazing. He
0: he's looks special. like he's going to be a star. He's special. Gordon and, Hayward contributed not a damn thing to this team
1: this year, but taking cap space. You have him back next year. Kyrie Irving isn't even playing. To me, this is just so, you know, like, how can you watch LeBron and hate? How can you watch Brad Stevens coach and not not realize that this man is coaching out of his mind?
0: Yeah, and he I... He's t- doing
1: t- what everyone, you know, when Tyron Lue got replaced... Everyone made the argument, oh, the NBA head coach isn't important. Brad Stevens is changing that narrative and showing you that the NBA coach is important. They might win the whole East without their whole superstars, with a 19-year-old leading them. That is
0: crazy. It's absolutely insane. Uh, I want to ask you really quick, just since we're focusing on the Eastern Conference Finals right now, what do you think this ends at, this seven-game series? What what game to what game, and who do you think wins the series?
1: I think it goes seven games, and LeBron barely squeaks it out.
0: You think so? And
1: then the Warriors just gentlemen sweep them.
0: Wow, you think it's going to be 4-0 in the finals against the Warriors?
1: No, gentlemen sweep is when the other team lets you win one.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Um, Because that's what the
1: Warriors do. They're gentlemen. let you
0: get one. (laughs) we will let you
1: win one at home. Sell some tickets. Sell some hot dogs. We'll help you. (laughs) But we want an extra home game to make our money, and we'll help the NBA get another extra game. Because the Warriors, they're gentlemen. They know it's a business. I like they're going to
0: let you win one. I like that. I actually never heard of a gentleman's sweep before. I like that. Yeah, my, I
1: think my dad... Maybe credit my dad for making that up, but... Uh, he's
0: the it it seems that. like a dad, dad turn. Yeah,
1: super dad thing.
0: Thank you, Mr. McGowan. Uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I'm going to go the opposite of you, actually. Seven games, four games to three, Boston. I think LeBron's yeah. going to put up about two games that he just goes... Freak of nature, I'm going to win this series myself, kind of thing. And then one of the games, Cleveland actually plays really good team basketball. And you're sitting here saying, oh, there's Kevin Love, there's George Hill, there's JR, you know, there's these guys. And they all start playing the way you expect. And then, but at the, at the same time, I just don't see him squeaking out a fourth against Brad Stevens and this team. They're so motivated, and like what we said, it's such a problem that there will that they is a good problem to have at the end of this year. They got Gordon Hayward back, Kyrie Irving. You got Terry Rozier playing out of his mind, scary Terry. That guy's gonna get himself a bag. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown might be the best one, two young guys in the league besides, of course, the Lakers trio and possibly Embiid and you know Ben Simmons. But it's so crazy to see what boston's able to do and i don't you
1: forgot one thing as well who the pick that they absorbed when they traded for market when they traded down from one to three that they acquired from the 76 exactly and the thing That's is
0: jason tatum trick. jason tatum i've been saying this since the beginning i think he's the most special player of this draft there's something about him. He's so fluent and I can just see that him getting better and better. And he's got that eye of the tiger. I I think it was the last game he scored seventeen points. I believe it was something like that. But he scored twenty points. I think it was six, seven, maybe eight games in a row in the playoffs. And I think he was the first person under twenty to do that ever. He just he's coming out playing like a serious baller, not just a young guy looking to contribute to a team. He he's the guy with his the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter. Or he's the you know, he's facilitating finding the open guy, or Jalen Brown will step up, or Al Horford, who they call average Al. He's not playing like average Al. He's playing out of his mind too on both ends of the floor. And he's a big reason why they shut down Ben Simmons as well. I watched Al Horford guard Ben Simmons. From the top of the perimeter last series, I watched this whole, this entire spiel. He guarded him. Ben Simmons went in. You know, he stuck with him with footwork the whole time. Ben Simmons popped back out, stuck with him, followed him all the way when Ben Simmons took it to the basket, blocked him. It was no problem. Al Horford ran the floor like it was nothing, popped out for a three. It was one of the most impressive series I've seen from a center in a while. It was because of how agile he is and because of what he's able to bring, his finesse that he brings to the game. He's not powerful, no. He's not powerful, Al. He's average Al in the Boston headlines. That's what Bill Simmons always says. I know he always goes crazy about it. But he's playing like a leader, and he's playing like the kind of way that he needs to without Kyrie, without Hayward. With that team, there's not a lot of veteran presence. And the crazy thing is, in against Cleveland in his career, Al Horford's been awful in the playoffs. I think it was like 1-11 or something like that. Just absolutely awful. They came out. Al Horford started the game. I believe it was 6-for-6. He came out. They started destroying the Cavs, never looked back. So it couldn't have been more flipped how it usually is. Al Horford was playing out of his mind against the Cavs, and the Cavs had no idea what they were doing. It seemed like exactly what I was hoping for as a fan because of how much I love Brad Stevens. But at the same time, it seemed a little sad to see LeBron not even score 20, let alone anyone on that team, to have them put up that little points, it it was confusing. And it seemed very Cavs-esque. And I hate the, how, how inconsistent they are because you want to love the team, you want to love LeBron, but, you know, it's all LeBron. And how much can he do on his own? I don't know. You think he's going to take him to a championship series. That's what you're saying in seven, so.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, ultimately, I think that he will get them right, and they'll be able to go to the finals. The but thing, I hope I hope the Celtics make it work. I think there's a very good chance it might be like that. I just
0: feel so hesitant because I'm the one on NBA Unwrap that said he was actually going to lose to the Indiana Pacers in seven games. Ooh, and they – yeah, it was my bold statement of, uh, of our pod, and they actually beat the Pacers in seven games, which was surprising because nobody expected them to take the Cavs there. They were a few points away from beating the Cavaliers, so I was super close to my prediction, but it seemed like, oh no, you know, LeBron James was able to barely edge it out, but he's in for a rough awakening for the rest of this playoff series. He came out, beat the number one seed four games to zero. There was no gentleman sweep about that. He came in and tore them up. So I can't ever just feel good about doubting LeBron James because Corbin made me feel like an idiot when I did, and I definitely feel like an idiot now. So, Just like I said, he's the best player to ever play basketball, and if anyone's going to be able to will this team by himself to a championship this year, it's going to be him. I agree. But yeah, who knows, because Boston is confusingly great right now. Uh, Let's move on to the west side of these conference finals. We just did a lot of coverage on the east. I love that we got number one versus number two. Big surprise, Houston Rockets, Golden State Warriors. No one assumed this. Everyone I mean, shocked. I assumed it. I, I, no, I was, told, I was totally kidding. <clears throat> totally kidding. This is exactly what everyone expected. Um, and I'm excited to see the Rockets here because I, of course, picked them to win the championship this year. I still think that they're going to. I know you just said the Warriors were going to go. and Yeah, uh, I no.
1: think as we speak, they, the Warriors are winning game
0: one what's the um, what's the current score right now we're we're I'm actually going
1: to give us a live and are y'all going to listen to this a couple days later breaking, but, <laughs> breaking we're bringing this to you but you're going to hear it two days yeah, later
0: yeah you so guys
1: and uh, it was close uh, the Warriors are up eight currently with four minutes left in the third quarter so it and you took the under in sports betting that was actually just legalized today across the whole united states the supreme court ruled seven to two that sports gambling is legal um is in so the cool. united states that is everywhere
0: cool. i love so that I, I love that that is so cool
1: yes me too as i am just getting into gambling i uh very love it very very much,
0: um, <laughs> Thank you too much. but uh <laughs>
1: um but anyways yes i think the warriors got this steph curry coming back they're the, they're Just that they got it, that they got the swagger. I understand that Houston's hungry, but they got four superstars, son. I love the Rockets. I hope that they give them a hell of a series, but I just don't see them beating the Warriors. You can say what you want. You can show me statistics, but Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson are going to make it happen.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I hear you out, and just like I feel awful going against LeBron James because I feel like I'm going to be made a fool again, I feel like a fool betting against the Golden State Warriors who might be the best team ever assembled. <clears throat> so, you know, I don't want to keep betting against them because I don't want to be wrong if I'm but I really do think the Houston Rockets are going to go to this championship. I really do think they're going to win this championship. Regardless, I think this is a West championship. I think we can agree on that one. I don't yeah, think Yeah, this
1: is the de facto
0: Yeah, I think who, whoever wins this finals. this series wins the championship in my opinion because the Cleveland Cavaliers regardless LeBron James if he's able to take them to a championship this year that is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen as a basketball fan but I don't there's no way that he can you know overman you know sorry outman the you know Houston Rockets or Golden State Warriors there's no way
1: no as I said i was talking to someone today if he's able to do that then I'm gonna I'll, after the finals, I'll have to lock myself in a room and just like really reevaluate what I think about <laughs> basketball because that goes against like that like someone be telling you that like water isn't wet and you just be like, well, my whole day is ruined. I don't know what is up. You what just is sit down. there like, in a
0: closet, shocked for days, debating if water is wet.
1: Right, like you, you, like what is like you have. You don't know what's going to happen if you leave your house and a (laughs) a daredevil is going to pick you up. Like at that point, I don't know what to think about anything. If LeBron James can do that,
0: no, I I can. If
1: if he does that, they need to go to South Dakota and put his face on Mount Rushmore. Okay, he's 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 our forty-sixth president.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's no way. Put him in right now. Who cares? Um, Let's do. um, So for me, the rockets they have the best offense in my opinion that I've ever seen with, you know, the two-point guard whisper of Mike D'Antoni, and they've made more three-point attempts this year than two-point attempts, and that's the first team to ever do so. That is remarkable. Daryl Morey wanted a team that chucked the ball up all over the place. They'll take so many three-point shots that if they make half of them, they're bound to outscore the other team. Why keep chucking up two-point shots if you can get that extra point half the time? He's so revolutionary that people just aren't able to handle that thinking yet because deliver-die-by-the-three has always been such a negative term. But the fact that he's got two point guards out there figuring it out together and surrounding them with shooters and a guy like Clint Capella, who's the most efficient big guy in the league right now his plus minuses are off the board his advanced analytics are off the board clint capella is going to go earn himself a max contract actually read that the suns are targeting him to offer him a super max contract which you know we can sit here and debate if he's worth that but when you have a year like this year on a team like the rockets that are so high profile and you're so good on You know, when you're on the court, you're helping the team so much on the plus-minus kind of thing. And you know, teams look at advanced analytics in such a big way nowadays. This is the kind of guy that's just going to reap those benefits. It's no longer oh, but you know how how can he box out? You know, how many rebounds? That's about all that matters for big guys. Now, this is a guy that can help your team in so many aspects. Such a Larry Nance kind of player. Those are the kind of guys that you add to your team and they help you so much on the plus-minus front. But yeah, so back to the subject. This team, I love this offense so much. It's just the fact that, do you have the defense to stop the Warriors? Because although the Rockets have the most intriguing offense, and right now I just want to see it work, Golden State's got a proven way of doing things there in Golden State. And they
1: play pretty good defense. Draymond Green is a gadget player that most teams aren't. You know, you usually have to give up offense to get a player like that, and they have, they're have. in a situation where they don't have to give up offense and they have a guy like that. And
0: he's another dude that tears up the plus-minus front, and when he's on the court, he's really helping your team. If that's on defense, offense, talking shit, whatever that may be, Draymond Green's number one. <laughs> the mental plane. Yeah, he, if you want someone to get kicked in the nuts or something, Draymond Green can do that.
1: And, and Zaza. <laughs>
0: But Golden State is a team that it's so hard to go against them as well because of Steve Kerr. It's a guy and the coaches in this series, you know, Steve Kerr, Mike Dantoni, Brad Stevens, such great, you know, offense and defensive minded coaches. But, you know, Ty Lue, I, I don't love him at all, so I'm not gonna even put him uh, in this conversation. Yeah, it's just You know, Mike D'Antoni, he's the point guard whisperer. If anyone's able to put two point guards together, it's him. Steve Kerr might be one of the best team coaches of all time, and he will go down as one of the best coaches of all time. I think Brad Stevens is in that same boat. He's just very young and's got a lot of coaching ahead of him. I just Uh, think.
1: Interesting interesting thing that I saw on Bleacher Report is that Mike D'Antoni's wife is actually jealous
0: of the relationship that he and James Harden have. You know, compared to him and his wife wait really so
1: that's yeah that's it was right. a, a probably commented who had broke it but that's just crazy that a coach player relationship is on the level to where the wife is jealous of how close they are
0: hey i mean that, that's what you want if you're an organization oh, yeah. I mean if
1: the owners read that he's hell yeah
0: if you're yeah. daryl Morey, that's music to your ears you're saying i'm sorry mrs d'antoni but we're gonna have to just continue this bromance to a full intensity right now Right, it's playoff. It's it's playoff We're time, Mrs. D'Antoni. We're gonna have to get extra weird. But
1: right, civil union. My <laughs> wife, you're but, gone. James Harden's the new wife. So, and he
0: cooks. so what do you think this series ends at? Game to game, and I know you said Golden State wins, but what do you think it ends at? Games out of seven.
1: So I think that in the first four games, they're gonna trade off. Golden State's gonna win tonight. The Rockets are gonna win. Then Golden State, then the Rockets. Two two. I, that's actually. I, I think that's how it's going to go. They're going to keep pinging back and forth. They're going to win. The Warriors are going to win tonight. Lose. Win. Lose. Win. Lose. They're going to win in seven.
0: They're going to win in seven.
1: Yeah, they're going yeah, to win. It's going to. It's going to. Like I said, this. This is the NBA Finals. What we're watching right now.
0: So yeah, I and I know I'm on that same mindset. Whoever wins this series is the winner of the NBA Finals. Because I don't think either of those two teams in the East are going to match up against the Rockets or the Warriors this year. I think and this the, is going to be so
1: much more entertaining than the NBA Finals will be.
0: It'll yeah, yeah, be a joke. Yeah, I, I think it's going to go opposite, uh, again, from you. A seven-game series, I agree. I think Rockets find a way to beat the Warriors, and it's a big shocker to everyone around the league. Uh, but I think the Rockets will, whoever they face in the, the championship, is going to be a hell of a lot easier than this series, just like we said. But... I mean, I know I'm watching uh, live right now, actually, Rockets uh, with bringing in within five at the end of the third. So I know the Rockets are making this a game also. It's just going to be this offense versus this offense, and I'm so excited to watch it. But I know, so you think it's going to be a Cleveland Cavaliers, Golden State Warriors series. I think it's going to be Boston Celtics versus the Houston Rockets. That's crazy. We're both on completely I Yeah, I think this
1: is the exodus in the... In the narrative that is the Cleveland Cavaliers versus the Golden State Warriors, this is the
0: the, final. the sad
1: ending of...
0: The finale? You know, yeah, yeah. This is it. You, okay, I'm going to ask you one more question. Regardless of what happens in this conference finals or the finals, do you think LeBron James stays a Cleveland Cavalier next year?
1: Oh, he's gone. I bet, my, I bet one of my testicles on it. Wow. Like a,
0: a whole testicle, man.
1: A whole one. Damn. Honestly... LeBron can name my firstborn, or someone, you can name my firstborn child if LeBron stays.
0: I'll just name it LeBron. <laughs> just to irk me every
1: day of my life, that I doubted him.
0: Yeah. I mean, no, this... I just think,
1: um, there's no reason for him to stay. They're not, they're, if they can't win it this year, they're not going to win it next year and year after that, year after that. The trade away they're picked, they're long. They're, I know they have two younger players in Jordan Clarkson, and Larry Nance Jr., but they're going to command much higher salaries when they hit the free agent market. And cap space is something the Cavs do not have. Part of that because of LeBron James. So, you know, he's going to need... <laughs> I want him to come to L.A., but yeah. he's going to go somewhere... Where it's either going to be somewhere to advance his brand once he's done, or he's going to go somewhere to be highly competitive. And the Cleveland Cavaliers are a place, unfortunately, that can't do either for him.
0: Uh, so. All right, let's move on to another high-profile star, um, Paul George... Who do you think he's going to be going to next year, or do you think he's going to stay put in on uh, Golden State? Or sorry, in Oklahoma City?
1: Um, I think there's about a 50-50 shot that he stays. Um, and I read a report, also from Bleacher Report, that the the Oklahoma City Thunder's are very committed to re signing Paul George and to moving Carmelo Anthony, so that I think they can they'll offer him a good amount of money. I don't think the relationship is there with him and Russell Westbrook. I as a former athlete if I ever played with someone like Russell Westbrook, we would have it, you know, fist fights in the locker room after. Someone that selfish I could not personally work with um, on an athletic basis. I mean he's probably a great guy, you know to hang out with, but uh, it, just,
0: it just didn't work the way obviously they wanted it to and when it came to crunch now, time, it just didn't I, work.
1: That's what I think it's a fifty-fifty. I think that you know there's a chance that he might do a one-year deal for you know what twenty mil plus. Um, you know, try to run it again with another superstar that's not Carmelo Anthony. I think he might be open to that, but there's a chance that the Lakers might get. You know, they might fill, they have two super um, two slots to sign two max people. I think there's a chance that the Lakers might fill those two slots before Paul George makes up his mind. Yeah. So I think there's a a chance that before he figures out how he feels about coming to L.A. and leaving OKC, that that option, you know, whether the Lakers trade, hopefully get Kawhi Leonard, and LeBron comes, you know, maybe something like that happens to where there's no room for Paul George in L.A. I'm sorry, bud.
0: Yeah. So you just brought up another name I was going to ask you. Kawhi Leonard, do you think he's going to be traded to the Lakers this this offseason? Is that what you're saying?
1: If not the Lakers, then someone who's willing to offer the Spurs a, a way out from his contract. Every report that I see, it seems like their relationship between Popovich, the Spurs front office, and Kawhi Leonard had just completely disintegrated over this supposed injury that he's cleared to play, but he doesn't feel comfortable enough returning.
0: It's, so, it's so shady and so eerie that no one knows it's anything. Weird. And no one knows anything yet. I follow so many basketball sources and a few that have dedicated themselves to finding out stuff about Kawhi Leonard, a, a lot of them obsessing over it, and none of them are able to get any answers except for that there's issues and, you know, he's not happy and he's been cleared, but he it's been a decision on, on their part about his rehab and on his part about returning at a certain time. It, Regardless of what the reports say, it doesn't sound good. It's not, no one's saying Kawhi Leonard's all good, just chilling with his wife, happy. It's... Everyone's questioning what's going on. I think he's out regardless. I don't know about the trade. I just don't know if you know the Spurs are going to yeah, be Yeah, I, ha-
1: I think he won't be a Spur next year.
0: I hope so. I think him on the Lakers makes a lot of sense. But even if not on the Lakers, him getting traded elsewhere makes a lot of sense for both sides. But you remember when Kawhi Leonard's healthy, especially this last year on both ends of the floor, he's such a valuable asset. He's putting up superstar numbers now and he's getting to that point. He was only getting so good before now. This, these injuries have really set him back and all of this drama. So we've kind of forgot how great Kawhi is. So when he comes back, if he goes to another team, you know, they're going to have to give up a ton for Kawhi Leonard, even though it's going to be a year rental and with the hopes that you can re-sign Kawhi Leonard at the end of that contract, still, you take that chance if you're any team, but you're going to have to give up a ton, and you need to be in a win-now win kind of mode.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's why I think the Lakers, they may not have enough to give up to get him. Definitely getting that pick from Cleveland is going to be the spearhead of it would, their offer. It would have
0: to be what you were saying kind of before this podcast, where almost like a sign-in trade with... Julius Randle, as well as a pick and as well as, you know, another, you know like Yvonne Zubak oh, or something. Probably even more than that, to be honest. Probably another core player on our team. But not anywhere. Not not like Alonzo or a Brandon Ingram or a Kuzma or, or Kyle something. Kuzma, but yeah. something along the lines of like Josh, Josh Hart. Hart. Yeah, Josh yes. Hart that you'd have to package and stuff like that, along with Zubak and, you know, maybe even Someone else. I know we're we're getting into hypotheticals here, but regardless, it doesn't seem like a good situation in San Antonio. So I would like to see him elsewhere. One more guy I want to bring up: um, Clay Thompson. I was I had that same mindset, hoping he would maybe come to you know Los Angeles or somebody else, and guess who knows how long they can keep all these guys together in Golden State. I read a ton of reports yesterday. Uh, that Clay Thompson is staying. They're working out a longer term deal. He doesn't want to go anywhere and he's happy. So clearly that's going to stay intact. I don't see, and obviously Kevin Durant's not going to go anywhere for a while. So it seems like the Golden State Warriors are still going to find a way to keep the, the gang in town. If you lose guys like JaVale McGee or Zaza or any of these guys, then Jordan yeah, Bell. Yeah, Macaw. You can always fill in with new guys like Jordan Bell and other guys, you know, Kevin Looney and stuff. You know, players of this magnitude, you could always replace. But when you talk about Draymond Green and you know all of Archie these, Udala. I don't know if Igudala is going to have a spot there because he, I know he wants to stay and wants to continue to win championships. It's just at some point you're going to have to give up one or two players that are vital parts of your team that are on yeah, isn't slightly he old bigger. Too? Content. Yeah, uh, he's, he's big. He, he looks
1: young. He's a guy who looks young, he's,
0: he's in old. his mid thirties. Um yeah. but yeah, definitely. Was curious about the Clay Thompson front, and i I read yesterday relieved all of my curiosity. He's sticking around, but wanted to get I definitely wanted to get your thoughts on some of these stars coming out into free agency, maybe even not free agency, more trades. One more, I'm going to ask you, of course, for our New Orleans audience, uh, Boogie Cousins. You think he sticks around in New Orleans?
1: Yeah, I think they re-sign him, but I also don't think he'll be the same with that ruptured Achilles.
0: Yeah, I think, all, I think
1: they'll, they'll, they'll do right by him. They'll sign him to a long-term deal, but he he won't be the same in New Orleans, unfortunately, guys. Unless you get Steph Curry, you're not going to win.
0: I think we're all in the same boat there. I know Corbin agrees that he's going to re-sign in New Orleans because I, I know a lot of teams aren't going to want to take that chance on that Achilles injury, uh, but you know, the Pelicans already have a lot invested in Boogie, and he's such a big part of that community already. The, the thing I like to think about is how good they are without him. Yeah, no, the
1: the playoffs, definitely, Rondo and Jeru Holiday presently presently surprise everyone.
0: And the thing is, think about how good they can be with a half boogie, with a guy who's going to come back and not even be the same guy that he was. And I'm not saying that he's do for an awful career. I think he's one of the tougher players in the NBA and I think he's gonna pleasantly surprise a lot of people and chug out a really good career. I don't think it's ever gonna be them the level of magnitude that we thought he was gonna reach of where Anthony Davis is heading right now. But I think he's still gonna be a star in this league, at least an all star. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I could I could definitely see that, but like I, I will stick by the comment that the current formula and the current trajectory they have, they won't win unless the Warriors break up.
0: I think a lot of teams are waiting for this super team era to pass, or of course, are loading up on the super team. I think the Thunder are just a prime example of that, trying to duplicate what they did, and bring in, you know, try and do the whole Miami thing, and have the you know, Dwayne Wade was Russell Westbrook, and they brought in the two guys like Bosh and LeBron, but they brought in Carmelo and uh, PG. So it's it's just a repeat of each other. But I think nowadays it's cool to see teams like the Lakers who are building from within and the 76ers and teams that are pleasantly surprising, you know, fans around the league. And you're able to see, I think the draft is becoming more relevant again. And this last, this last draft was so eye opening. guys like Donovan Mitchell, who um, had an amazing year. And let me just bring up a quick stat about him since we're talking playoffs. Donovan Mitchell scored 110 points through his first four playoff games, and that was the most by a rookie since Michael Jordan put up 117 in his first four playoff games. That was just the first four games, and I know this was a slightly older stat, but still, he put up the most points except for Michael Jordan, who's debatably the best of all time, depending on who you are in a playoff, you know, the first four games. Donovan Mitchell's got no fear. This rookie is absolutely deadly, and he's going to be a great part of this league for a long time. One more question I got for you on that one. Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons, who wins Rookie of the Year?
1: Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons isn't a rookie.
0: I I love what you just said. I, I agree. I know... In my opinion, he's not a rookie. According to the rules, I would say he is, and I think they should revisit this rule. And this is a debate that we've been having for months. But I like what you just said, because Donovan Mitchell, fresh out of college, fresh into an NBA organization, didn't have a year to look at tape, didn't have a year around With much your around teammates trainers. around him. But yeah, I you think it's going to be Donovan Mitchell this year, even though the rules are set as they are. Even though the rules are set as they are.
1: Yeah, I think that's how the voting is going to shake down. I also think, even if you don't count that one thing, Donovan Mitchell is more important to his team than Ben Simmons is to the 76ers. So if Donovan Mitchell wasn't there, they wouldn't even make the playoffs. With Marquette Fultz, or not even Marquette Fultz, with Joel Embiid and uh, uh, J.J. Redick, I think they still could have made the playoffs uh, in the East. I think, like, you know how they use that stat for, like, MVP? Like, who's the
0: most important to their team? Yeah, it's like win shares and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I, so I think it's going to be Ben Simmons just because of how the voting is going to go. Hype. But I, I like I like Donovan Mitchell a lot. Uh, who do you think wins MVP? Do you got LeBron or do you got James Harden? Uh,
1: it's going to be James Harden. I would pick LeBron just because just of hype. Same reason why Russell Westbrook won the MVP last year.
0: I like where your head's at. I think James Harden's going to win. He's not going to get snubbed uh after yeah. last year when Russell Wilson uh, Russell Westbrook won when <laughs> could have been Russell Wilson too. <laughs> Shit, right? But yeah, so I just that's pretty much all we have for you guys today. Just wanted to thank Christian so much for joining me no on NBA Unwrapped. He usually is on the NFL one with me and Corbin. This week we had to do it without Corbin, of course, him in Amsterdam. I uh, hope he's having a great time, and another congratulations to Christian and Corbin, both graduated college this last week. Shout out to them and all of our fans that have graduated college as well. Round of applause to you guys, because it's not easy, thank you boys. and you know, on to the next part of life. But yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in to NBA Unwrap, where we unwrap the hottest takes from around the NBA, uh, joined by Christian this, this week, and I hope to have you on another podcast soon uh, on the NBA side. But of course, please follow us on Twitter at NBA Unwrapped. Stay active with us. We love talking to you guys, answering questions. You know, we're gonna put out some polls. I love seeing what you guys where your heads are at, and I hope that you are all loving these playoffs as much as we are. They're one of the highest rated NBA playoffs of all time. Uh, while you guys are listening to us please check us out on the apple podcast app and rate us five stars please give us a review you can also listen to us on the soundcloud app as well while you're on twitter follow us on nba Unwrapped. follow me at perry aston follow christian at mcgowan 75 and we'll see you guys next week hopefully and i'll have corbin back here from amsterdam he'll be able to share all his stories about other countries and We'll be able to talk playoffs then. Hopefully, it'll be more of a uh, championship series by the time that we do the next one. The conference finals will most likely be over. But uh, yeah, just thank you guys so much for tuning in again, and we'll catch you guys next time.
1: Love you guys. Have a great night.